Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But boys, 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 I, this week's going to be a little different, isn't it? I I feel like we're going to talk a little bit of shit about Chelsea. Is, 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 it, is that different? That's what we've been doing the last four or five episodes. <laughs> I, I think that's. I know. I think this I is know. the exact way that but, we've started the last four episodes, but, saying, "Oh, I think this episode we're actually going to start talking a little bit of shit about Chelsea." But that's just that's how it's been. Yeah, we've been making we're that stupid pun every week. Same way we finished it. <laughs> I, I I appreciate the check. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you weren't here last week. I actually slightly said the did. same exact thing. So. Uh, yeah, I'll give you I mean, I'll give you I a am, break on that. I am kind of slightly delusional at the moment. But yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy couple weeks. Wear your mask everyone please for the love of god. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah. Um but anyways, I mean let, let's it's not a happier topic, but like I mean just to kind of cap off like a really shitty week for me in general, like Chelsea just had to fuck it up a little more, so that was always nice, you know. <laughs> Kind of took my mind off of things. <laughs> it, it was bad timing with the city match coming up, Zach. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't feeling too good coming into it. And to be completely, be completely honest, like, you have to give a little bit of credit to City. I think this past match was probably the best that they have looked all season. Uh, but couldn't have come out a worse time. Uh, you know, while we were also in our dip of form. Yeah. But, you I know, mean, I, uh, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry to cut you off, Sam. I think I think they played the best football of the season for 15 minutes, and then they were in second gear Ooh. most Ooh. of the match. After that, Man City, I really they cruised I, to victory. They cruised to victory after the third goal went in. They completely took their foot off the pedal. I mean, you could completely tell Pep's halftime just, talk was just keep the ball and make it comfy. Yeah, yeah. just uh, as a preview of how I'm going to handle this episode. It's funny how Pep Guardiola handles a COVID, whatever they called it, infestation of the squad, puts in squad rotational players, and it looks like the same old man city. Huh. What a luxury. What a luxury. Man, this is coming from the number one Pep Guardiola hater on the internet. If Andreas is saying that, that means something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but I think it poses the bigger question: Is it kind of, or not kind of? What? Is it a matter of Pep being fucking world class and Frank being far from it? I mean, it shows. It In shows the he's been there. He's been it, there before. Not even. It's not even being world class. In a sense, it's just kind of just knowing how to navigate experience yeah well see yeah. This, is, this was the problem i that's always a, had that's with an interesting pe- word there but zach this is like the problem i had with everyone kind of giving frank slack like look what look what klopp did his first couple years look what pep did like you know they didn't win the title their first two years like took them some time and it's like i mean jurgen klopp took his dortmund team to the champions league final pep we all know what he's done already uh, and you can't make that comparison when Frank's only experience has been coming uh, coaching a championship side to and not to, getting to lose. Yeah, to to lose in the in the playoff. Like, you know, I, I I'm not world, like world he, he, to, to give one. a little bit more detail for you, Sam. We have you mentioned Klopp making it to the final. He also beat and won the league when yeah. Bayern was at his very best. There you go. And then Guardiola won the only 
well, at the time, the only two modern time Champions Leagues for Barcelona and the only treble at the time for Barcelona before they became a cash spending team under Luis Enrique. And he did that. I mean, he succeeded everywhere he goes after that. And mm-hmm. both those guys know what they want to do and they get their players to do it. Surprise, so surprise. It's not even a comparison. I mean, and this is not me, us saying that Frank has no chance of reaching that one day, but it's it's very it's it's such a I don't want to say dumb, but it's very naive to use that as a reason to have faith. Like they these two guys didn't get it done this first their first couple of years. It's it's not even comparable the resume that these guys have individually, like compared to what Frank has done. I mean, obviously playing career you want to compare that Frank's Frank's got him beat, but. Managing career, it's not even close, but, uh, I mean, obviously after this match, it, literally moments after this match ended, the article, I mean, the, the article, the Athletic posted an article, uh, literally like 30 seconds after the match, they final whistle, a beat. it was ridiculous, <laughs> about, uh, I, I didn't even see his post-match presser before the article came out, <laughs> it was crazy, because I, you could tell, the, the funny thing is, like in the first paragraph, it says, following uh Chelsea's 3-1 defeat so I was like okay they at least waited until Cho's last goal to type the score but then like in the second paragraph it <laughs> says if Chelsea were to lose to Man City and I was like oh okay they forgot to edit that part you know yeah. <laughs> like uh but the, it was you know talked about obviously Chelsea hierarchy looking at alternatives to Frank Lampard uh disgruntled players uh concerns about a board spending a large sum for two young Germans to come in and look like duds. <laughs> uh, and also tensions between the manager and some of the squad off the pitch. Uh, I mean, the names weren't mentioned in the article, but there were some uh, different articles out there that dropped some names. I don't know how much I believe it, but I mean, what, for sure, one of those names is has to be Tamori. Marcus uh, Alonso's got to be Marcus Alonso's one. probably going to be one. Rudiger is probably one. It's and it's really funny that Keppa was also mentioned as a name. Oh, uh, really? Which like I mean that Keppa was the no one surprise thing at got all. right. If anything, he <laughs> was at Chelsea. Uh, but you know it's, I mean, Zach, what what are your thoughts on, you know, the, this bombshell article if you want to call it that, uh, and. You know, because I know there's there has been obviously the Frank out talk for a while, but this is the first we've heard of an official stance kind of by the board of uh what what how you know how safe his job is. I kind of uh I do buy into it one because um it is a reliable source, but two, um I think in the last couple weeks and I think we've starting to see it more, especially is when Frank goes into his pressers, he's he's been very, very quick to kind of play that game of addressing the players and their attitude towards the game and their effort towards the game and the way they played and they performed as opposed to him um, taking responsibility as a manager saying, yeah, I tactically dropped the ball. The high press against a false nine was a bad idea. I didn't hear that once in his post-match presser and or in his post-match interview. And, and it just kind of makes you think, you know, if you're a player in the dressing room, that's kind of the last thing you want to hear. Um, 
and and, and we in the past i mean we, we've kind of hailed frank for his man management you know we talk about the olivier Giroux situation and how he's handled that i think now the more we're seeing that could possibly look like a situation where Giroux's being the professional and being like no like i could perform every time i come in i don't i, I don't need to be playing every week but i can get mine i don't uh, there's a lot of things going through my mind right now, guys, just like every other Chelsea <laughs> fan, because this is probably the most torn I've ever been as a Chelsea fan. I mean, you have the club legend, arguably the greatest player that ever played for Chelsea, some would argue. I would argue. I, I think that's what makes it so tough, though. Yeah. We've yeah. never been in a position where the manager isn't an outside hire. Ever. I mean... I, Scratch that. I'm being exaggerating. Recent history, Roman Abramovich era, bar Di Matteo, who was a miracle interim signing. Would you count? Uh, never... Would you count Mourinho's second stint as uh, because yeah. he was one of ours, and then we hired him. I would. Sure. I, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say more than Mourinho. It's a little different because Lamp Mourinho never wore the Chelsea jersey and lifted trophies as a player. Right. Yeah, but you know, for a while he made us feel like fans. he was Chelsea. Well, right, but we grew up as fans where we, at one point or another, pretended to be Frank Lampard yeah, when yeah. taking a soccer ball around. And I think that's what's making this new divide of fans and how they discuss Lampard. Zach, you mentioned his press conferences are changing and how he is quick to point blame at the players, right? Mm. Um, if we go back about two seasons to this day I have video proof of me saying that I was not okay with Maurizio Sarri blaming the players every week and we took a hard stance there and nobody blinked an eye when we said that about an Italian manager that came from Italy to coach us but now it's like am I even allowed to say that because I love Frank Lampard and everything he's done for the club as a player but now the moment you try to talk to him about his skills as a manager, people can't separate those two without thinking that you're not Chelsea and you're not that. And I think we should be allowed to have an objective conversation about his job as a manager. So that I need people to listening to, to really try to take off your Chelsea bias goggles and try to look at this objectively because we're, but we're it's doing so hard, hard best Andreas. It's so hard. This is it's the so hardest hard. conversation we're going to have all season, guys. I mean, probably this is the hardest conversation we've had since we brought Andres onto the show. This is the hardest conversation we've had since we started the damn show. It's it, it's gotten to that point though, and Andres is right where we do have to take the, off the blue tinted goggles and look at it objectively and say, okay, what product has he put out, and what what could we pick out that we can possibly build on, and it, it's basically weighing the pros and cons. Okay, how about how, how about we start at the seventeen match unbeaten streak? Can we start there? Yeah. That's something okay. you can start point with, out that well, he's well, done well. Well, but, but that's it. But I feel like that's it. exactly where we're getting it wrong. Is well, no, not us, Sam, not you specifically. I like, I like that you're transitioning there. I think that's where Frank got it wrong because he always alludes back to that damn 17 game unbeaten run, and he said it, you know, a couple weeks ago about the 4-3-3 and why he hasn't deviated from it. And he said, you know, I, I, I he even said, I, I, this team has quality. Of course, they could turn it around. Um, you know, we went on the 17-game unbeaten run. We're so hung up on these, you know, 
little tiny achievements and we're we're not really looking at the big picture here like for example and 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 this is kind of veering off topic but andres you could kind of take it away because i know this is a this is definitely a wormhole we haven't seen timo Werner and kai havertz both play in their preferred positions at the same time i haven't seen Werner play at the nine while havertz is playing at the 10 for longer than a match i don't even think they've played there for a match have they and I think that's exactly where Frank Lampard goes wrong. You bring in seven new players into a starting lineup, and you're not going to start betting them into the squad by putting them in their preferred position and then slowly deviating from that and molding them into what you want to do. Instead, we just kind of tried to shoehorn Havertz as an eight, and all of a sudden he's receiving the ball outside of his own 18 when he's used to receiving it 35 yards away from his from his 18 and it just kind of changed the, changes the whole dynamic of the game now Werner's on the flank instead of up the middle it i don't know yeah. it, it, I, there's a and, lot going on and and you're you're using the new players at that i mean we started yeah. the season with mason mount at left wing yeah and it took a while a while for mason mount not to be at the left wing and then and then when mount wasn't at the left wing it was Pulisic at the right wing <laughs> And we're like, wait, wait a second. It, it just seems like every time a domino falls for us to put out our strongest lineup <laughs> or for us to to, to, to finally see the team we want to see, we don't see it for some godforsaken reason that nobody knows. I don't know, Zach, Zach. Okay, so, I mean, definitely not – it's not the missing piece to have Kai Havertz playing in the 10 because no, this past not. match – because this past match we had Timo Werner playing as striker mm-hmm. and – and that was his natural position, and he still looked like looked shit. lost. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say he looked but, like but shit, but he point, did. Shit. And and I'll, and I'll step in now. At that point, it's not that he looked lost, out of position. I don't think he knows what the the team is gonna do. Therefore, he doesn't know what he's supposed well, to do. Well, well, how many? Okay, a couple things. Timo Werner starting up top against Man City. Stylistically, doesn't make sense. To begin with, a, a, a match like this, you have to start know. Olivier Giroud. I don't know with that. No, for, for, for me, Come a match on, this like this, you have to start Giroud. We beat Man City last time around. We beat Man City last time around with Giroud starting at the nine, and Pulisic was playing off of him. And that's how that's how we that's how we did that whole smash and grab. He would have manhandled John Stones and Ruben Diaz or whatever his name is. But 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 that's beside the point. But Werner looks exhausted. Just like Conte, just like Mount, Lost. just like everyone else that looks like shit, they look. It, it's not because like it's not because they stuff. are shit. They're exhausted. This is the first time Kovacic has looked like shit for us ever. He's been a seven the whole entire time he's been here, and all of a sudden he looks like shit. Mason Mount started the season so well, and but he's played every minute. Him and Conte have played every minute of every match. How many matches have we played this month? Seven, eight, something like that. that? And, and and they they that that's at least how much they played. I think we played more than that. I think we played nine, if I'm not mistaken. But, but also, cities they they had a, their match the past week get canceled, so they had an extra week of rest. Yeah, I mean, it is an advantage to them in that sense, but it just doesn't excuse the lack of competing that we saw at, at one point. Like it just it, it just felt like we we kind of gave up. After it, the match wasn't the match wasn't over after the first goal. It was over after the second one. The just to clarify, the only so since Tottenham, which was November 29th, Mount 
only sat out the Krasnodar match, and he came on as a sub during the Sevilla match. Everything else has been full 90 minutes. Did he travel for the Krasnodar match? Because that's – like, like, imagine if they made him travel and he doesn't even – he's not even going to fucking play. I'm curious to see if he did. I can I don't know. check I, I'm right being, now. I'm being really nitpicky right now. Mason Mount indeed traveled as well. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, oh, he was my there. goodness. Yeah. Okay. Stick him on a but flight. But that, that game was in London, so – Oh yeah, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> he flew. He flew out. I was about to go to the in. bridge. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I mean, before we get into our Twitter questions, like this is this is what I don't understand. Okay, why, why, like in a season like this, where you can point to every single team in the top half of the table, and you can even go to Arsenal at eleven right now. We're barely not in the top half, but. So I still I can still poke fun of them a little bit, uh, and you can I can point you can look through their their whole season this year and point out a stretch of games that they looked like shit and it looked like they were not going to be anything this year, okay. And also you know ours like if we had on a 17 game match unbeaten streak. If our last five matches instead of being all in one was spread out like in between that 17 match streak. It wouldn't be a big deal. It would just be some dropped points. But since it's so frequent after another, that's when it's like going to be such a big reaction. And the reaction is obviously it's going to be from the players. They're you know when you have they they canceled practice today and tomorrow uh, just so they can you know get their head right because it really does affect you. But you know what what's going to happen? The fans are you think they're going to fans are going to turn their back on the club and stop? Stop. I mean, it's not like they're going to matches anyway right now, and that's besides no. the point. But why? Why would the board feel the pressure to sack sack him mid-season in a season like this, where it, we're really only a couple matches separated from the title? You know, I mean, I, I'm talking about. I'm I'm just worried about making top four, but you know, like it, it really. I don't know what 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 like d- does the displeasure of the fans. Uh, or not even all of our fans, a sec, the sector of our fans, is that really enough to sack the guy when we knew very well going into the season, and Frank said it over and over again, this is not going to be the year that we win at all, but I don't no. know. I, I, no, so, so here's my point on that, and you're right. There's inconsistencies across the board. Liverpool can't beat the bottom side of the table, sure. Arsenal, their issues are different. Even Tottenham has gone from first to, you know, dropping out of the top four. But my thing is this, we, we are supposed to be trending at least upward. If you told me that, Oh man, we just were misfiring today, but everything else looked great or damn, we tried something and they just had the perfect tactics against us. Like if, if that was the rhetoric, I think that we have, you're right. Lampard warned us. You're totally right about this. Yada, 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 yada. But the issue continues to be the same issues that were there last season. So I don't see growth. Again, we talked about players being played out of position. We talked about, yes, we went on a win streak with the 4-3-3. But the moment it stopped working, which it literally stopped working altogether, he's still yet to make changes. And he did the same thing last season under the 3-4-3. So again, that's a repeat issue. Um. Now he's going from 
taking potentially responsibility and saying like, oh, it was on me tactically or whatever to now blaming the players. Like we're, we're not in an upward trend. And I think that's what's scary. Yes, we're six points from the top, but we're also probably just as many from the bottom. And, yeah. and can we go on a hot streak? Sure. Do I think that we will in the current situation? Probably not. And that's, that's the issue. I, I get that we can talk about everything else. And, and we've made a living off of everybody else dropping points. That's the reason we made top four the past two seasons. <laughs> yeah. But, I would, uh, I would, but, I would, go ahead. I would choose your words wisely, Andres. We're actually, uh, just as a reminder, Sheffield is last. They only have <laughs> I don't two think points. He, I don't think you meant last place in the league, but <laughs> yeah, right. we we we, we do have a quite sizable. Gap. We do have okay. a quite sizable gap between them. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, not worried about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying we're gonna last. get relegated. I'm just saying that we're supposed. Lampard promised a project, and we saw that in a lot of articles. Year one is to build a team. Year two is to compete for Champions League. And no, sorry. Year one's main goal was to get to Europe, whether it was Europa League or Champions League, check, right? Awesome. Year two is to close the gap in, in, in style and play and in literal points with the big boys. And COVID really helping us out right now because, like we said, it's inconsistent. But I feel like that gap of, of skill, of, of identity, of where the clubs are going is far bigger than any of us thought it was going to be at this point. Like, I feel like when... For example, like today when Liverpool drops points, it's not a big deal. We know they're going to come back next match and, exactly. and, and Salah and Mane are just going to like tear whoever they're playing shreds. One yeah. of them's going to score an assist and, you know, they'll... know that. Same thing. It's 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 there I say it like it's going to kill me to say this and but yeah, it Manchester United in the second half of games. You know they're not going away. Like, you know that they're going to give you a push the last 15 or 20 minutes of the game every single time, and they've done that time and time again this season. Teams like Tottenham, where, you know, if they get a tough loss, what does Mourinho do? He battens down the hatches, they don't concede next game, and they pull out a result. There's ways and, and, and there's ways to navigate points and victories and, and ways to navigate yourself out of these little droughts that you're in, and all the other clubs around us seem to have managers in place that can do so. Um, maybe not necessarily um, Solskjaer because I don't want to give him credit because I, I just don't like giving Man United that much credit in general. Mm -hmm. um, but at least for the other clubs, you know, you look at the management and you also look at the mentality of the players as well. There's accountability. There's players on every single roster that I just mentioned that would hold players accountable. If it's not the manager, it's some of the players. Like you look at Leicester's Jamie Vardy. If you look at Tottenham, don't look past Mourinho. You know, it, it, Manchester United, the, the whole world holds them accountable pretty much. You know, Liverpool, they, they have all, all their play. They got Jordan Henderson. They got Jurgen Klopp. We don't really have anybody that kind of holds people accountable first, which I see as a big issue. And, and I didn't see it in the beginning. I thought maybe I was a bit naive in thinking Thiago Silva would do that um, and kind of fill that role for us. But he hasn't necessarily done it because of the language barrier. So... As of right now, we really don't have that person. It should be Frank Lampard. And we keep going back to it, but the rhetoric and the tone, uh, uh, the way he addresses the media now, it's it, it's getting negative. 
And it's a very, very dangerous game when you start using that tone. Now, I don't know how much more time he has left. Um, I, I'm going to say I'd give him maybe two more poor results and he's gone. Really? Um, yeah. I, you, want, you, don't I, think, I, I, you don't think he for sure stays till the end of the season? I would yeah. like for him – listen, I would like for him to stay until the end of the season. I am still rooting for him 110%. I wouldn't like him any less – you know, no matter what happens to him as a manager, I'm still going to love him the same. But the fact is, um, we're dropping way too many points very, very fast. And the issue with that, especially this season, is that there's eight or nine teams that are just as capable as we are. So, and, and I think this is what Andres is saying is, you know, yeah, we're not far from the top of the table points-wise, but performance-wise, what we're seeing it's not even close to what these other teams are putting out. And, and, and it seems like we've regressed in a sense. Like, I feel like Frank has right. an ability to do more with less than, mm -hmm. than he can with money and, you know, star players and personalities and this and that. He, he, he just seemed to do more with nickels and pennies than he did with dollar bills. Yeah, he, um, he was having to actually coach. He was yeah. coaching through those situations and doing that rather than saying, Oh, well now I got, world beaters they can figure it out i'm sorry like i don't i don't think that, that that's simply how it works messi doesn't become messy without pep guardiola being there as well like at a certain mm -hmm. point coaches still play a role and you talked about zach like changing things up i hate again some you mentioned earlier i hate to use pep guardiola as an example but his team looked like crap at the beginning of the season and what did he do he changed to a 4-2-3-1 pep He's guardiola Pep Guardiola changed to a 4-2-3-1, and he's winning games ugly when they're not there to be taken with five goals, six goals from his team. That is the reason that with two games back, he's in the top four. Meanwhile, you we allude to Lampard saying, oh, the 4-3-3 got us a 17-match uh, unbeaten run, which in those 17 matches, we didn't beat anyone great. We tied a bad mm. United at that point. We tied top of the league Tottenham, and mm. we... Maybe that would have been the best result. They were both nil-nil draws, right? Yeah, we didn't score on in actually the United was United one to one. No, nil-nil. You're right. So you're not even. Last year we beat City after Project Restart, mm -hmm. but outside of that match, when have we competed with the big boys, like the real big boys? Like have we? I mean, I mean, we took we took Arsenal at the Emirates. I don't count that. But it That's was a not, big match. Again, I, I mean the big boys, Tottenham, the ones that are Tottenham really away. fighting for trophies. I, I'm talking Liverpool, City, and, and United because they finished on top of us. Like they literally finished above us on the table, and I don't think we beat them once last season. I think we, we had four chances. The only thing I could think of is us beating Liverpool with Billy Gilmore. No, and also oh, we had sorry. a better goal differential against uh, Bayern Munich than Barcelona did. So, <laughs> oh yes, that makes us. That's elite. definitely not saying much. <laughs> no, so we're so big, again, we beat United in boys, the FA Cup. We beat United in the FA Cup, and we beat City in the league. That's two performances. Two, of the three yeah. teams that we're supposed to be comparing to, we got lucky to draw the group we did in the Champions League, and we took care of business. Taking care of business and being good are two far diff two completely different things, and, and that's the point that that I always drive when people are trying to use like we said, oh we're only six points from this. Oh, every time that they try to defend the situation we're in, 
they're looking at everyone else when we should be focusing on us. We have not progressed as the season has continued. And that's the biggest issue. And I don't think that Lampard's going to get the luxury of finishing the season if Chelsea, if the gap continues to build and Chelsea's even on the outside looking in of a Europa League spot. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the board will let it get to that point. Well, I mean, since we're doing a podcast, I should let you guys know I'm currently sitting with my face in my hands because, like, that's just, like, <laughs> I'm, like, listening to you guys talk and it's, like, listening to, like, my parents, like, fighting and it's, like, oh, no, I don't want Frank to go, but he's saying they're, you guys are saying the right things. Let's, let's go on to our first Twitter question. This one's from at Black Emoji. Shout out to Black Emoji. He's been writing in a lot. Really, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe maybe he's, he has potential to uh, join the Rep Ultra. I think uh, he does. Empire, we gotta leave that so... one up to Ron. Ron, we give you the green light, buddy. I think it's I think it's time. It's definitely time. Well, I think we'll, they'll have to determine based on his question. But mm. it's a pretty good question. Where to start? Who to blame? You can say that it was against uh, one of the best teams in the league, but. They shouldn't be treating us like Sheffield. Why does this guy, why does this feel less like of a slump and more like a reality? I mean, I guess, I guess. Oh, then he included uh, the lyrics to uh, uh, what's the song called by Frank Lampard? Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I don't call him Frank Lampard. Uh, pain or what? I know fear. Fear. Come on, why song God, you're in why LA. God, why God? Why God? Do I gotta suffer? Dude, every song on that album is like one random word. I'm sorry, but um, see, I think I think he's he's kind of more on your train. I was I was more on the focus on the good, ignore the bad. But <laughs> uh, Andreas, does this feel less like a slump and more like a reality? I think we are the the. <laughs> The last, the final nail in the coffin is if we don't turn up against more Cam. But I think I'm one abysmal 90-minute performance from saying that this is a reality at this point. Like one more bad performance, and I think that unfortunately there is no coming back. There is no looking within or looking in the mirror for our coaching staff. It to me one more bad. Let, let me be more specific. Premier League. I'm not saying FA Cup. I'm not saying Champions League. Premier League performance, and and we may be seeing changes. Uh, we have seen f- managers who, again, they came from outside. They were winners. They won here. Get fired for far lesser offenses. Just to give you an example, our dear friend Carlo Ancelotti got fired after winning the double. Yeah. Frank Lampard has zip trophies to his name as a manager and he's getting far more of a, a rope i guess to, to pull himself out of this hole it kind of makes you think what winning the fa cup would have done mentally not only for lampard but like for the players in terms of trusting him and backing him and being like to the death you know what i mean not saying that they I, aren't i don't think, I, I, think the not, Acad- I think the academy kids for the most part are on board with Frank, maybe not Tamori or Cho. Um, but I feel like the rest of them are pretty like on par with Frank in terms of having a healthy-ish relationship. But see, I don't know, see, man. I, I want to argue that 
what we're seeing on the pitch is exactly what Lampard's telling them to do. Like, I legitimately think that this is the X's and O's they see every week. This attacking fullback, spamming crosses, not building through the middle is what he's preaching. Yeah, but where does this... My my issue is where where is that coming from? I'm trying because to look at I'm trying to look at who managed Frank and, and and what playing styles he played under and you know what positions he played. He's never played in a playing style like that before. So he's looking he's looking like, at what teams are doing today and let's be real, Man City, fullbacks go pretty far up. Liverpool, their fullbacks for sure go up. They they they've mastered that and and to be completely honest. Liverpool spam a lot of crosses, sure, but their front three is smart enough not to just do the exact same thing either. So there's a there's a second level of coaching there, right? You want to get your fullbacks forward. What do you do when there is no cross? We don't have that next step. Yeah. We I mean, don't. But 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 don't you still feel like there is still and, and, and this is this is really shitty to say after spending two hundred something million. Do you feel like there's still a gap in quality? Uh, because because 100% I'm looking at Manchester City with all of their COVID tests. They had Ederson out. They had Eric Garcia, Gabriel Jesus. Um, who else was out for that game for them? Kyle Walker. At least three first-team players were out. They rotated three other guys in. And they didn't skip a beat. They actually played the best soccer that's, they played all season. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. I don't think our so, team on paper is far less than those teams. I think we're up. Liverpool's team on paper makes absolutely zero sense. Do we? Do we have a? Our do, team on do, paper is a top three team. Do we have a? I I know we are. I know we are. But I'm just trying to think. Like I'm I'm trying to rationalize it here. I'm trying to play devil's advocate because I'm looking at Man City's bench. Riyad Mahrez. Do we have a Riyad Mahrez on our bench? A former Premier League Player no, of the Year, of a guy that could walk into any other side in Europe, probably. I mean, who, which who has a Riyad Mahrez off their bench right now? Technically, Riyad Mahrez has been starting. Yeah, he's, he's yeah he's a starter normally. Like but, the, yeah. the starting oh. the starting eleven for City is, is uh, Aguero, yeah, Sterling, I... Mahrez, uh, KDB. The back line is new now. It's like John Stones, Diaz. Kyle Walker on the right, and the yeah. left side is confusing. But, like, Bernardo Silva is the one player that maybe you argue comes off the bench that's a good, a really good talent. And Gundogan on yeah. his day can have a good day. But we have technically, if if we want to play FIFA style and, and you start with Kai, Mount, and Conte, off the bench you're bringing in Kovacic, who's not sla- no slouch. Cho has proved that he can play there. Oh come on, man! Listen, Dude, we, okay, you're rude. We, we can't. We can't be that scores every time I, he plays. I, I, like, Andres, I I understand that, but no, I'm not. I'm not having that in a game like this. Pep comes in with a rotated squad, and they're and and they're the fact that they could bring in a guy like Mara's off the bench in a game like that and start a kid like Foden who looked better than any of our players and who honestly is the better coach honestly Phil Foden's Phil Foden's a baller I'm just throwing that out Pep is the better coach he can instill the instructions to guys that don't play every week and they can do it well that's the thing if someone else comes in whenever it happens if it happens or more like whenever it happens but um if someone does come in 
that's I think that's the first thing that needs to be addressed. How am I going to maximize the potential in the squad? Because I can't keep favoring the same 11 players week in and week out. We can't keep sitting Gilmore in on matches where he should be he should be having a run out. We can't be sitting Dave in matches where he should be rotating in James instead of playing Reese James injured every other week. You know, uh, Emerson gives us a good match and you bench him for another three weeks in the middle of the holiday period, knowing we're trying to sell him. What's the best way to sell a player by playing him? But 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 that's beside the point. You know, you got Giroux who deserved. Giroux, who we were like, okay, this guy's got to start until he stops scoring. Then Tammy gets a start. We're like, hmm, Tammy performs. Then we say Tammy has to start until he stops scoring. Then we see Timo at the nine. Both of those guys are benched. Timo's not doing shit. You know, Pulisic hasn't done anything for us this season. Granted, he's trying really hard. You know, it just seems it just seems so all over the place. Ziyech is out for three weeks. He's in for a week. And then, you know, he's out for three more weeks. And then he's in for he's in the following week against Manchester City. It just it all doesn't make sense. It, it, and it all doesn't seem seamless. And it just doesn't seem like there's a short, you know, yeah, there might be a long term plan in place in terms of I got the players here. This guy's this old. That guy's that old. Werner's going to be our nine in three seasons, blah, blah, blah. That's easier said than done. What about the short-term plan? We talked about this every single week for the last month. Results. Short-term plans include immediate results. The only time you need a short-term plan is when you need results. Am I wrong, Andres? Am I wrong, Sam? Like, this is this is the kind of thing that's frustrating for, for me, and I feel like for a lot of Chelsea fans, it's just we haven't seen any deviation from the things that haven't been working. Yes, we saw Werner playing at the nine, but if you ask me, he should have been benched for that game. He should like it, it, you don't sit a guy for a match and then bring him back in and think, okay, everything is going to be fine and good now. And in the meantime, I'm going to bench World Cup winning Olivier Giroud, who's scoring goals for fun, and Tammy Abraham, who's chomping at the bit and giving us performances. It it it, it all just seems kind of ass backwards. And the same thing goes for Hakeem Ziyech. You know, we we always talk about when Cho gets a performance, when Cho gets time, he looks good. Ziyech did not look ready to play this match, mentally and physically. Why didn't Cho start? The second he comes in, all of a sudden we have a little bit of life. The ball's moving. We and have natural scoring. width. He's getting rid of the ball quickly. He Yeah, he even nabs a goal. Kai Havertz comes into the game. You're going to sub him in in the 70-somethingth minute? What the fuck is that going to do for our chances of changing the, uh, of changing the game? And he got the more, assist. More, <laughs> uh, yeah, but 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 Andres, more importantly than that, okay, what kind of message does it send to the rest of the team? You know, you go 3-0 down, and at halftime, you don't make a sub. You send your whole bench out there to warm up. You embarrass every single one of those guys, and then you still don't make a sub until after an hour into the game. It, <laughs> it was all just so frustrating. It just didn't make sense. You know, when Frank sent out the whole team there, and Rebecca Lowe's like, oh, the whole or, – or not Rebecca Lowe, the – Who's that weird guy that's filling in for her? I don't really like him. But anyways, that guy's like, you know, uh, <laughs> all of Chelsea's players are out there warming up. What, you know, what do you make of this? Well, Frank is going to make a fucking sub at halftime. That's what I make of it. Okay, great. Maybe we see Cho pop in on the left. Werner's going to come in for Kovacic or, or, or Mount. You know, uh, we might see Giroud come in and, Werner, and Werner's going to come out and we're going to see something a little bit more natural where we have natural wingers and a proper number nine. No, we didn't see any of that. There was no change until after the hour mark. The game was well and 
dead by then. Man City already had 70, I think we had 18% possession up until the point we made our first sub in the second half. It was dead in the water. It was completely dead in the water. And this was one of those matches where Pep Guardiola sat in his armchair, kicked his feet up, and, you know... Like, like, right, like, Zach, let's rule it in here. Where, where are you getting at? <laughs> what, what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is, you know, the point we're at now, it's definitely a reality. The results have to come next week for sure. And and more than anyone, I feel sorry for Morecambe because if Frank wants to do the right thing here, he puts out his strongest eleven against that team. Well, he's not going to. You send a he's fucking gonna... message. It's gonna be it's gonna be the U twenty threes. It's already been confirmed. It's gonna be we're gonna see Tino Andrian. We're gonna see yeah, uh, Liv Romento. We're gonna see Lewis Bate. We're gonna see Henry Lawrence. For no. uh, I think I those four are for sure gonna be in it, dude. Okay, but the week after they're we playing have Fulham, they're we playing have Fulham. Like the cup side. They should be playing in the cup side in the cup <laughs> matches. Bro, I'm, I said this last week. Imagine what it will do for our confidence if we lose to them. Okay, we can't risk that. <laughs> We're not going to lose to them. I want to go in there. I want Werner to smash in four fucking goals. I want Havertz to nutmeg a bunch of, you know, a pump of uh, a bunch of Sunday footballers. Like, like that's what I want to see. I don't want to see this. Bro, what's that going to do? Well, I, they, can nothing, against their, they can just play I, against I their practice squad. You know, playing more camp. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going to make them magically that's do a, that because, again, the coach be... is asking them to do something and, and, and it's not working and they're going to keep doing it because that's what the coach is doing. Like, that, that, that's a sad thing here guys like Lampard hasn't like it's not like and I hate to use him as an example like it's not like sorry comes out and asks for sorry ball and we start playing a long ball like it's not the players completely disregarding what the coach is wanting them to do it's the opposite these guys are on board as to what Lampard is asking of them and it's making them look bad Zach you as earlier Polisic is not scoring or not doing anything. You really think that Polisic is is happy with that? Like I think he's literally playing as to what is being asked of him to do. Yeah. Well, no. You have to you to, have to, to, an ex, Just, to an extent. You have, I, okay, I think like, we deviated. I think we completely deviated from the way we're supposed to play. Last season it was obvious what, what Frank was trying to do. High press, quick possession. And playing with a high line, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying with possession. We haven't seen any of that. We did a high press without a high line. Uh, we did a high press week. with a low block. And I don't know how that not much how else. that even but, happened. But I think, but again, I don't think that goes down to like player just like just completely ignoring him. I just think that that just you've been trying something and you just keep getting battered and battered. It. We were down three nil in twenty minutes. There was discon disconnect across the field, and he couldn't fix that at halftime. But you know, it is a reality. Like the point of this question was whether it's a slump or a reality, and this is a reality. Like a slump, a slump is losing to Everton, and then losing the next week to I don't know, whoever Southampton, and then the next week you come back and you one, beat yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, but, but no, that, this is not a slump. We, in in the last seven matches, we won one, drew one, and lost the other five. And I mentioned this last week with Tom. I've not felt good about any performance. 3-0 against West Ham is a fluke. That's the reality. Our 3-0 against West Ham is a fluke. And the only per the per emoji was asking where to start, where to blame. It starts at the top with Frank Lampard. He asked, he received this summer. 
Period. And, our, and out of our, you know, our like our next matchup, uh, our next league matchup against Fulham, they've gone the same amount of points out of their last five matches that we have. <laughs> that's Fantastic. that's where we're at right now. Uh, but let's let's move on to the next question. This one's from at Leonard R Cohen. He asks very eloquently, actually, dear Pod, with four points from six games, perhaps it is worth rethinking from what we want with from Frank Lampard. Okay, this is actually a, a brilliant idea, Leonard. I have never thought of it this way. He says, maybe his role all along was to navigate the transfer ban and create a pathway for academy players to get to the first team, marking marking a cultural shift in player acquisition for the club. <laughs> Frank, and he says in Latin, Frank Lampard, ergo est temporalis dictatore creando lata bra. I think the I think, bra I part. Think, I think the latte <laughs> is later. La- oh, I he wasn't talking about lattes. I thought he was talking about like. No, no. Okay. I think it was. I think it, like it translates. Part. It translates to, uh, temper temporary. You are Frank Lampard. What you are a temporary dictator. That uh, leader. A, appointment. 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 Whatever. So that's what he means by that. Um, thanks for the question. I I I understand what he's saying and that that does make you rethink it a bit um and you know makes you think did the board have that in mind the whole time do they have the next manager already lined up i mean he signed what what, his contract runs until next season right so i believe so even so yeah i mean that's that's easy to easy to cut off with just one year remaining you know if you're a club like Chelsea and you're doing your job right, even if your manager's winning cups, you're still keeping your eyes open and keeping tabs on who's who has a job and who doesn't. Um, but in this case, there definitely is a short list. The question is who's on it. That's my big concern. Um, you know, everybody's first. It. Everyone's first mention is Tuchel. Um, that that's an immediate hire, not the long term hire. Yeah, yeah, and 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 right. that's that's one that doesn't necessarily rub me the right way. But, but I just think the timing the, is off. That. Before we get to the list, though, Zach, like I think it's important to say, like, if Frank Lampard, let's say, let's fast forward ten years from now, and and let's say he did get fired, and the next guy comes in, and that guy is just winning everything. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. Frank Lampard's time here, he was the only reason we were able to have a successful season during the transfer ban and got us to this point because Lampard's, maybe he has this beautiful idea of what the team can be and maybe he just doesn't have the coaching prowess to get you there. But then the coach that has that prowess comes and has this treasure chest of players and gets them there. That's yeah. a success to me. And and one thing that, that I discussed with, with one of our rep ultras and, and good friend Bobby is that, is it really that bad if Lampard goes and, and, and leaves and, and really develops his career as a manager and five, okay. six, seven years down the road from merit and not by his legendary status gets the Chelsea job again? Uh, yeah, I, well, I don't think, course, I don't that's, think that's out of the question whatsoever. Of course not. Yeah. But so so sure. that's the point of... I get that people, again, the, the blue tinted glasses and everything. And look, a lot of our success came from the managerial carousel. We hate it. We all hate it. It's getting exhausting. And it's even more exhausting when someone like 
Jurgen Klopp gets to win the first title ever 35 years later or whatever it is for Liverpool. So we get it that sometimes stability is good. But poor performances and, and sitting through that and not progressing isn't stability. That's just uh, – what's that quote that always gets thrown around by Einstein about being mentally challenged – not mentally challenged, but like ill? Like insanity. The insanity quote where yeah, you keep doing something wrong. the definition of insanity? Doing, thank you. Yes, the definition of insanity. Like Is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result? Yeah, that's, that's what it is. No, thank you. So it's <laughs> is it really that bad to think that, hey, maybe Frank Lampard just laid out a red carpet for somebody who is good tactically and knows how to get the, the next level? For example, Conte. You're saying Frank's mentally challenged? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, I was just struggling. My ESL really kicked in there. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> what I'm saying is, for example, Juventus under Conte, awful in the Champions League. Awful. But he won Serie A every year. Then came Allegri, and Allegri got them to two Champions League finals. He didn't get to win it, so maybe that's not the greatest example. But the point is, like, sometimes somebody creates a foundation for somebody else to reap the rewards. And I hate to now switch to something like politics, but, like, you hear that all the time, where one president struggles through an economy, and then the next president gets to live off of a thriving economy, but he gets the plaudits. It? Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen that. I'm um. just I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to paint a picture here that, yes, we're going through shit right now with this team. Yeah. And maybe we just tapped out Frank's current knowledge as a manager. Nothing says that he can't grow to be this genius because we all know that he was a great footballer. And, and we know, we see sometimes what he's trying to do. And based on his squad building, you know, all of us dream of this certain thing, but he just can't get us there right now. I mean, top where's where's top Roberto Di Matteo at? Honestly, oh, we need to get him in. <laughs> Last time I saw him was in the Woodlands, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably where he still is. <laughs> yeah, the one. Last, the last one time, time I saw him was in Aston Villa. Bumped into Chelsea legend. Um, no, but how many times do you think he was reckoned? He's ever been recognized in America? Six. Me. <laughs> that's it. Probably <laughs> the only time. But that's actually, dude. Why not call him up? He's got the magic. He can turn this. And to turn this uh, season around and... yeah yeah i mean I... Okay. now now we can get into the the, the coaching list that you're talking about Zach. like I, i'm i'm up for this conversation now yeah well two cool okay so two is one of them or tycho how do you pronounce his name tycho two cool thomas tycho two cool and then yeah, oh, yeah, so, Zach, so you want to say something so the thing with two cool okay um everyone the first argument is Champions League final last season did really great with that team. In my opinion, should have won the Champions League if you have Mbappe and Neymar as your forward line, but that's just my opinion. Um, the problem with tiring Tuchel right now, and something everybody needs to grasp, is Tuchel is a tactical madman. He is not the type of person that's going to come in and turn immediately results in a week or two weeks and steady the ship until the end of the season. That's not the kind of manager that he is. He's a project manager. You put him in place, you have to give him you have to give him at least one full season to get his feet on the ground and then give him another season to bring in the players that he needs. It's not a matter of bringing Tuchel in mid-season and us automatically being propelled straight to the top. It's not like that. And he doesn't have experience in doing that either. He doesn't have experience in steadying the ship. So that's why I don't like Tuchel for one. 
Um, also, uh, the other thing is, if you're gonna look past Tuchel, what other names are really out there? And this is my this is my big argument, Andres. Like like we can we can throw some manager some managers that are out of jobs or managers that you know are, are looking for jobs like Allegri, which I'm completely against. Um, I was about to say that's another name that doesn't have a job. There, there's just there's just nothing out there. No, it's but, just it just but seems I can't like make I, I, you make the argument against Tuchel, but I can make the argument that Tuchel with that team is the only person that got them past the quarter round of sixteen or quarterfinals or oh, whatever I'm not, it is. I'm not, I'm not having that. They oh. they they haven't had they haven't that's had like, a top top coach coach that side. If you get if you get a top manager coaching that PSG side with Mbappe, Neymar, and then whoever they decide to start up top, pick one of your three you know class strikers that they have there. Anybody could find success with that team. No, but any top but that's easier said than I don't consider Tuchel an absolute top top tier manager. He had that's, Carlo it's Ancelotti. It's not an mean. It's not an immediate upgrade. I'm not Frank asking Lampard. for an upgrade. I'm asking for somebody that's got the experience to just put the players in a position to succeed. I'm what not, I'm saying is not he, he's, not gonna, he's not going to do that in a week or two weeks, Andres. He's not going to come into Chelsea and then, and then instill his ideology on the whole entire – he's be, a madman. No, but he'll be smart enough to say, okay, let's start with the basics. We're going to play this way. like Kind of like how Mourinho, the very first thing he does is put it, break it down to the basics. Let's, let's figure out how to not get scored on, and we'll move forward from there. And sure, he's a tactical madman as to how he plays when he's got the time. I don't expect him to come here and play a three-three-three-one or something crazy like that. I don't think that that's what he would be that, doing. That's what he did at PSG. I mean, and, and, and apparently that's what Chelsea fans think they want. I mean, no, this is no, this no, is the same out, like, guy that played Danny Alves at right wing for a whole season. Shit, I'd play Danny Alves at right wing. He's got the, the skills for it. He's playing at a ten right now in Brazil and doing just fine at thirty-eight years old. But the point is that. like. Tuchel already – like he already has rapport with Thiago Silva. From my understanding, that's a good relationship because Tuchel wanted Thiago to stay. It was PSG's board that messed that up. So you're well, – Did you see the biggest... quote that Thiago Silva had on him the other day or that just no, got, go came out? It was something about uh, saying that he wasn't surprised. This, this is what he said. He said, it's difficult – uh, this is Thiago Silva on his sacking at PSG. It's difficult, but it was predictable that this was going to happen. Not now, but being inside, we knew there were situations that had to be changed. So, I mean, that was a vague quote, but it doesn't sound like one that he was... He, he doesn't sound surprised that he was fired. And, and I don't and know, the inside the stuff, had... that could be, that could be that... like just tension between the board and the manager, yeah. but... And and and, and here's an, and here's another hurdle, potential hurdle that we have to maneuver around, if and when the time comes to bring in a new manager. Bringing in a new manager right now at this point in the season means nothing but damage limitation, right? Steadying the ship, just getting us stable, just just, just seeing yeah. us through to summer, right? Um, if if we present this job to Tuchel, and let's say. You know, with that point differential that Andres is talking about, now all of a sudden, you know, Manchester United is 10 points ahead of us in the table, and we're seven points back of, of Champions League places, and there's only, you know, 15 weeks left in the season, assuming, you know, Frank gets another couple matches. Is that is that a job that a top manager or a guy like Tuchel is going to come and look at and be like, yeah, I'm going to take that right now? If we get to that point, 
No, we're. I'm telling you, Tuchel. If it happens in the next month, like if if, if we're waiting till April, then it's just gonna be a guy that's in the back room. Like it'll be just jo- Jody. It'll literally be Jody just finishing the season because at that point the season is over. There is no saving the season. We're talking about like if Tuchel is the guy that's coming in, and again, it could be many other names. But if Tuchel is really the guy, it has to be in the next month. The only what name, else is he doing? He's not getting other guy. offers. No, but but what are you no, going to tell him? Hey, you have three matches to get nine points and hope that everybody else drops nine points. Like, no. We're also we're also not taking into account how exhausting it is to be a manager at the top level like Tuchel was. I mean, I mean, look, look what happened with Pochettino. He's had opportunities to go and get jobs yeah, after he, he got sacked. Wants the best job. No, he he wants the best. Do you not think that guy just wanted to to, to take a breath? Do do you see how relaxed and refreshed he looks at PSG? <laughs> Bro, because he's walking into a fantastic <laughs> yeah, job. Rejuvenated. But th- but yeah, that's no, not because dude. bro, he was waiting. At one point, he was waiting on the Madrid job. At one point, he was waiting on the Man United job. At one point, yeah. he was even waiting for this job. And what, he's what happened to all of them? He though? was literally the. Do you really think the, he didn't, the number you, one contact? You, you, you can't compare them. Do you think? Do you think nobody contacted him? That's though a, that's a bad of comparison. Of course they did, but he said no. Why would he take another project when that's all he did at Tottenham? Okay. Well, he was well, waiting even, for the first even, sure deal. Even even if that is a bad comparison, Sam. My point is, if I'm Thomas Tuchel, and they offer me the job at this point in time, I don't take it. I told them I'm waiting till the summer. Well, why? Are you not, not seeing what's going on? agreement in place. He's not until doing the anything. Bro, for okay, one Until the yes, summer, no. sure. He can still get sacked. Yeah. It's, he'll it's still like get paid, but he won't Benitez, get. Yeah. Dude. It's just like when we hired Rafa Benitez. Nobody oh, really, nobody really wanted him here. And the whole point oh. of getting him hired here is because he's got experience. No. And then the man wins a Europa League and he still doesn't get the job. So who says we can't get Thomas Tuchel? Ride it out to the summer, and then we throw literally the whole bank, Romov Abramovich's yacht, his house in Israel, his house in Russia, and you get night. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. That is so ass backward. How? The, the How? same clubs the same clubs that are gonna go after Tuchel are the same clubs that are gonna go after Nagelsmann. But they're both on the same short anything to every the top the club that's going to be looking for a manager this summer is going to have both of them on their short list that's and without you're, a doubt and you're so telling what? me that we don't we don't have the squad you're telling me you want to use one of them to segue into the other one percent nobody's hiring Tuchel today and you think and you think and you think they're gonna and you think that's Tuchel's gonna sign off on that you think Tuchel's gonna be like bro yeah, you know you're what? not gonna tell him that no, no, no. Tuchel's not going to sign a contract saying a contract at Chelsea saying, here's your chance to coach this team. Tuchel's going to sign a contract saying, I'm fucking coaching this team. I'd be frothing at the, the mouth. end of the season like, and then if we Chelsea see what calls me, if I just got fired from PSG and Chelsea with this current team, we're talking Timo, Tammy, Pulisic, Ziyech, Kai, Kovacic, Conte. Like, the, the, at one point, the best back five in the league, and you're telling me that the one missing piece is a coach, and you, as a coach, with an ego, with the confidence of what you bring to the table, you can't think you're going to succeed here, and you don't have the ego to think, oh, I got this, and they're going to yeah. give me an extension. Oh, That's the kind of personality he, we need at this club. Even if I, he doesn't if Tuchel, get an extension, it's a, it's, a show, it's a showcase for other exactly. teams as well. If Tuchel says way. no, then he's a puss. Why? You're that's, not gonna that's, sign. No, that's Tuchel, so not. Tuchel is not going to be a segue manager. If we sign Tuchel, it's a, it, he's he's our manager. 
control. But full stop. Yeah, you can fire them. He can. They yeah. can fire him. It doesn't matter. Is they can say point, you're our. At this point, we're our... literally just trying to get Champions League. But you think it's a okay. commitment, Zach? And he's okay. still it, in it... the Champions League. Tuchel could come and win a Champions League. Every team seeing sustained success in the Premier League in the last five years has had stability as a, at the manager position specifically. <laughs> okay, so let's keep Lampard and go to the championship. No, 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 no. no. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's hold not on, what I'm saying on, at on, all. On, all on, I'm on, saying on. is we're not, bringing Tuchel in, we're not bringing Tuchel in midway through the season to steady the fucking ship. That's not Zach, what he's Zach, here Zach, for. Zach, listen, listen. Okay. You, you come to an agreement with the manager, and it's for the, the rest of the season, or if he has a good agent, it's for the rest of the season plus one, one extra year. And you sign that agreement, but Chelsea at any time is able to sack him, just like how Frank Lampard has another year left on his his contract, and they're considering sacking him. It's not like... It's not like you know, if they if they bring them in, and so the thing you're, you guys haven't brought up yet, but it's a huge consideration, especially for the board, who have a huge interest in seeing the two big buys that they brought in this summer, the two Germans, succeed, succeed. You're bringing in a German manager who who watched them play, okay, but also just can speak this native language however, however much yeah Pulisic also at, at Dortmund as well he I mean it, he it, it, it makes it makes the, a lot the of Tuchel sense connection the Tuchel connection makes sense listen I'm not against Tuchel as a manager that's not what I'm getting at right now is not the right time to bring him in if Frank goes at the end of the season we let's say we have a bad run of results at the end of the season and and, and by the end of it we're like you know what Frank it's not working we're cutting ties with you and we get linked with a guy like Tuchel, that makes sense. At that point in the summertime, it makes sense. We can get a full training camp in. He could get his ideas across to the players. He could get to know the players better. It's be it's a better situation for him to walk into, regardless of where we finish this season, for him to sign as Chelsea coach at the end of this season as opposed to right now. Because exactly. listen, I'll use your if he signs right now, you. if Tuchel signs now and loses his first three matches, all of a sudden he's on the hot seat. Why would okay, he want to so, put himself so I'll in use that I'll use your own argument earlier. You said well, managers have to think of the short term to get to their long term. The Chelsea board needs to figure out the short term for the long term. Mm -hmm. If we don't right. qualify for the Champions League after the pandemic, good luck keeping half these players because money runs out if you're not getting money in. Period. Look at Arsenal with a few years without Champions League. We just dropped the bank on these guys. These guys have huge salaries. At one point, it's not that they're unhappy here. It's that we can't afford them, and we're going to have to let them walk. No, I feel like we're arguing. I wouldn't be too worried about no, that. I wouldn't be that, too worried no, about no, that. No, but I'm saying you're not – I'm okay. not anti-Tuchel. I'm anti-Tuchel anti right now. But, but, okay, but Frank, let's say Frank Lampard gets fired next week. What do you do? You don't call Tuchel? No, of course you call Tuchel. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, listen, listen. You the have, argument right now is if, if Lampard gets the axe January. I'm, I'm also not part of the camp that wants to axe Lampard right now either. I, I want Lampard to have another uh, to have another prop. Okay, Morecambe doesn't count, but he needs another league match. I'm still I'm, I'm still <laughs> that's not my saying last, that's that's literally my last straw. He loses yeah. badly in a one more oh, league match and he's out. 100. percent Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we see another performance so like Man City, it's done. Yeah. For the sake of conversation, that's in January, and and the point that we're at right now, which is a very low for this club, you don't call Tuchel. No. He wouldn't really? be the first on thought, my list. Do you okay, think so that Allegri. he's going so to we accept go back it? To being defensive and boring. 
No, I, I fucking hate Allegri too. I never wanted Allegri in the first place. Well, when so, we were getting a link, when we were getting linked to Allegri before we hired Maurizio Sarri, I was so against it. So okay, but my question it. is, who? Realistically, give me a name. Steve Holland. He's not gonna. He's. We've had a chance to hire him multiple times. Gareth Southgate has him in his back pocket. That's a guy <laughs> you bring in. You say you run it to the end of the season. If we like what we see, you sign a long-term contract. Plain and simple. That's the most straightforward approach. And it, and it's a guy that knows the club. He's already in bed with the board. He's pr- familiar with most of the players already. That that's that's probably the most seamless transition and probably the most realistic transition. In a summer with the Euros. No. If he gets if he gets a job like Chelsea, he Bro, takes. We it. had the chance to give him the job before when he didn't have the Euros. No, I think he takes it. I, All right, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta move on because this is yeah. going but too back and forth. But Zach, I, let me actually let me just ask you this one thing: Do you think, are you saying that he that Tuchel wouldn't accept the job, or you don't think that I'm we should Tuchel, go after him? I'm, uh, I'm saying a little bit of both. I'm saying we shouldn't go after him right now. I think if we really want to go after Tuchel as a manager, I do, I do hold him. I, I like, I hold him in high regard. I actually respect him a lot as a manager. If we're going to bring him in and we're fully going to commit to him, it has to be in the summertime. You come in, assess the squad, we'll, we'll move out one or two names, you know, whatever the number they agree upon, they agree upon, and you get your ideas across. You can't you're afraid bring, that if, if you, we have like a run, like a bad run in a form that we'll sack him before the season ends. Right? That's, that's what you're the saying? problem. And, and okay. we're going to let him, and we're going to let a good See, thing with, go. With, when smooth. you're calm and not yelling, I'm able to understand your point, Zach. Come on. You got to relax. I, at that point, <laughs> at that point, Zach, I literally just think that he just doesn't get the extension into next season. And Chelsea will have three months to call every manager out there who has a job and say, Hey, you should leave that job for this job. But I, I get what Zach is saying. Like, it's better to get him coming into a season with a transfer window. With like, a proper, coming into a season with a proper the same exact way. I mean, I mean, he'll have he'll have all the time and space he needs to to get his ideas across. He's a mad scientist. I get what Zach's saying, you know, it, it's, and, it's, and I understand that, but he's a but, very X's and O's manager. It's not like a Mourinho where you could, where he's just going to put four center backs out there and his two best strikers, and you're going to grind out a bunch of one nils to the end of the season. I, and I, again, I get that, but Liverpool didn't wait till the summer to get Jurgen Klopp when he was available. You don't wait till the summer to get a guy like Jurgen Klopp. This <laughs> Th- Thomas Tuchel is not Jurgen Klopp. But Thomas Tuchel is the what's best available. Yes, but he's not Jurgen Klopp, and that's why you don't go after him right now. If if Jurgen Klopp was available right now, I would get on my knees and blow <laughs> him personally to bring him to Chelsea. But that but just that, that's just not the case, and I don't think we should be doing that for Thomas Tuchel at this point in time. In I'd the rather summer, do that than for that's Lauren the vision. Blanc. I'm for it. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Lauren like, Blanc. I'm, I'm Where did you Lauren Blanc? Where did I'm Lauren Blanc? Every other Andres, name. Last month, Lauren Blanc was getting linked with with MLS jobs. He was linked with the Toronto <laughs> job last month. Come on. I haven't seen Lauren Blanc's name once being linked name, with Chelsea in the last two years. Every name that I've given you has been linked to Chelsea at one point or another when they're jobless. Allegri. Yes. Tuchel, you're bringing up names Blanc. from two, three years ago. Lauren Blanc. Max okay. Allegri and Tuchel, those are two names that are current, and both of them I'm not for. I just gave you my reasons. All right. Jody Morris, who's been literally Frank's little sidekick. That's probably the most – that's – no. Okay, again, when did, I, when did I mention Jody Morris? You guys heard my pick. No, it's no, Steve I'm Hall. just saying like, okay, you if, you're not, if you're not accepting yeah. Tuchel, if you're not accepting Allegri, 
Jody, obviously, we're not going to accept Lauren Blanc. Jo Jody Morris. Jody interim... Morris would be Jody Morris would be a Plan B in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you're telling me that shitty situation to be in, but, but that's a situation. All right. Let's let's go on to the next question before we uh, start ripping each other's throats out. Um, <laughs> I hate I'm gonna... you so much, Andres. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I don't hate Tuchel, guys. I like Tuchel. I think he's. You an just awesome like Lauren Blanc better. We get it. We get it. Okay. Oh there, this, <laughs> at, this one's from the and at the real. Donovan to coach Chelsea. He's gonna turn the tide. Wow. That's, That's the next thing that we're idea. gonna pull out. <laughs> the real RCB twenty four. Uh, one of our good friends on Twitter, former hater turned fan, he said, I think it was a coaching issue today. What do you think about our new number 10, Christian Pulisic, floating around, uh, trying to create as if he's our old number 10, Eden Hazard, when unfortunately that's not Christian's style of play? Uh, I'm going to start off with Andreas because I think uh, Zach needs a second to cool down, so... <laughs> What do you think? I mean, again, we've already talked about Frank not putting our players in the best position. Yeah. But I mean, like, what, I, yeah. I think this is a little bit again to what we said. Frank sees something work for a little bit, and then he thinks that that's the the answer to all his problems. Pulisic was our player. Let's let's split the season last season into two parts. The post project restart player of the season for Chelsea. It, it can't be argued that Pulisic was our most important player. He was our best player, and all of our creativity came through him. So now that Pulisic is healthy again this season, he's putting that whole burden on Pulisic. Is Pulisic Eden Hazard? No. Does this team operate the same way the team used to around Eden Hazard back then? No. At least when Eden was then, they would at least get into a position to get a rebound or maybe a cross. Everyone just stares at Pulisic when he puts his head down. I It's crazy. I don't understand. So, yeah, it stinks that Pulisic can't do what he essentially got so good at at the end of last season, which was sneaking in behind and getting those through balls or getting the one-twos with a central striker – because we're not playing through the middle right now. So those through balls aren't coming in. Those link-ups with the striker aren't coming in. So, again, Pulisic finally gets the ball to his feet, and he's going to try to do something with it when last season he was so good at getting himself into a dangerous position without even getting the ball to his feet yet. Yeah, it it, it does look like he's trying really hard. I mean, that's that's as much as I can say. For, for his efforts at least um but 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 i am getting a little bit of that desperation vibe in terms of the way we're playing it just seems like we're kind of just giving the ball to him and saying let's see what you can do and we're going to feed off of your scraps when it should be everybody kind of pitching in as a collective and to be honest i mean you look at our bright and shiny new signings it shouldn't even be Pulisic that the world's that the world's burden should be on it should be timo Werner or kai havertz those guys we spent upwards of 200 million bringing into the club you know those are the guys that need to be stepping up i and and you know i don't i'm kind of confused by this question because i don't really know if it's a dig at Pulisic or if it's just a general statement um but you know i have seen a lot of people dig Pulisic on 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 twitter especially after last match and their performance and it was like you're really gonna single him out after what you just saw 
You know, I, there, there, there's at least five or six other names I would put before his, maybe seven or eight. You know, and that's not me being biased. It's just the fact. He looked like the only person that was some sort of a threat before Cho came on. Um, but yeah, it, it is a concern. It, it does seem like we're kind of reverting back to old, especially now that Chilwell's is attacking left back. And it seems like we're getting left-hand dominant or left-side dominant again, um, like we were when we had it in. All right, let's go to the next question. This one's from uh, W Lowell thirteen. He asks, "Is this the end of Conte at the six? Nice to have someone more consistent passing uh, and ability to spread the ball across the field. Also, having Conte on the right as an eight means we can own the right side, which has problems lately. Which has had problems lately. Zach, what do you think about Conte at the six? Versus on we know my thoughts on Conte at the six. I don't want to talk about Conte at the because he's not a number eight. He's a number six. Now, if you want to – Andres mentioned it before the pod. You know what, Andres, you take it because it's your point. It was a great point. Yeah. Um, basically, I, Conte's sort of uh, instinct is to go at the player with the ball, leave his line to go win the ball back, which is why he was so successful in, in midfield pairings and such. It's, it seems that because things are broken down right now, he is letting that be his go-to rather than wait for the play to develop and protect the back four. So we're seeing Conte get himself way more out of position recently in these matches where things haven't gone our way because he's trying to put sort of the burden on his shoulders to fix things. So, again... If we switch over to maybe a 4-2-3-1 where there's somebody else covering for Conte when he breaks the line, maybe we don't see or talk about him not looking as well. It, when things were going well in the 4-3-3, he didn't have to do that. We had 70-plus percent possession. We were controlling the match. So I think it's kind of a uh, a situational thing right now. Conte is trying to do too much where his instincts pop up rather than what his tactical instruction should be and i mean he's done well at the six when things are well and things are clicking but because they're not he's going back to his sort of natural instinct of let's get the ball back as soon as possible even if that means leaving my position all right uh zach did you want anything else to it or (laughs) did you not make it abundantly clear that Conte is a six and not an eight. <laughs> uh, no. Um, Got it. <laughs> but I do want to say one more thing uh, before we move on. Um, Angolo Conte is a number six. He's okay. nothing else Got other it. than a six, guys. I, it's, 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 I know. It's, it's, it's like when when they, when much. Frank we, you missed last week when I talked about when Frank put Jorginho in uh, in the Arsenal match, and what yeah. that did was just moving Conte up. Two and eight, it just like it was a double whammy. Like one bringing in Jorginho, and then two moving Conte out of position. It was like, okay, well, let's go on to our last question. And Zach hates this question so much, but I like it, so I'm gonna include it. (laughs) This one's from Michael Conan on Twitter at mconan1789. If you're not American, stop listening. This is a NFL question, so he asks. Is this team the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles? Really good on paper, but just not clicking on the field at all. So uh, that offseason, the Eagles, they had a 
two big moves. They brought in, uh, the, uh, what's his name? Namdi Asamoa. They brought in Cromartie Rogers, whatever his name is. And, uh, you know, two great defensive pieces. They had Michael Vick. They had Andy Reid. They had LaShawn McCoy, like great pieces. Um, I think they were a great team the year before as well. And they finished the season 500, missed the playoffs. Um, with While going into the season, one of the most hyped squads based on their offseason acquisitions. Uh, and then the following season was even worse, actually. I think they they went like two, I think like two or three wins the next year. And Andy Reid ended up getting fired. Uh, I, was about, I was about to say he got sacked, but they don't say that in the NFL. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to, if you want to just go base level and just say a team brought in star players who they believed would make them contenders and they fall short of that. Yeah, I would say that. But Andy Reid at the time was, uh, he was an inexperienced head coach. He brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl before. So it's not like Frank Lampard who is uh, coming into this without having really accomplished anything uh, with no experience. But uh, I don't know what, like Andreas, who would, who would Michael Vick's comparison be uh, on our team? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I mean, not based on off the field, but maybe I'd say <laughs> the fact that like everyone wrote off Tiago Silva and he's been, a, that's good. Extremely big addition to this team. Like, you know, Vic was signed by the Eagles. Nobody thought much of it. And then he was a, a good statistical quarterback that season. <laughs> yeah. Just and, thought, uh, I mean, not, obviously off the pitch, two totally different people. Like, Tiago yeah. was like a family man, a saint. But <laughs> on Kai, the Havertz, pitch. Kai Havertz definitely not off the pitch. He's an animal lover with his own very own donkey. So. He would never harm an animal, of course not. But uh, maybe, maybe Timo Werner is like uh, Antonio Cromartie. No, he's he's Deshaun Jackson, for sure. Deshaun Jackson. But Deshaun Super Jackson fast. had a lot of touchdowns. But but I meant like you bring him in because he had a fantastic couple seasons in San Diego. Well, Deshaun Diego. Jackson's like a boomer bust kind of guy. You know, he only gets a couple catches a year, but it's like big, big balls, and I don't know. I mean, I just I just thought about the speed. That was the only thing. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the that's where the comparison starts and ends. <laughs> Zach, what do you what do you think? Well, I'm a I'm a diehard American football fan, as you guys know. Um, <laughs> I watch every single game of every single uh, for every single well, team. No, I I I don't really watch American football, but so I don't know. But yeah, um, I think I, awesome I think ball? I think on paper we are definitely um, some of the best or one of the best teams in England and probably one of the best teams in Europe. And, and funny enough, like we're actually really balanced as well. Um, if you look top to bottom, I mean, we have cover in pretty much every position on the pitch. I mean, if you really want to nitpick, you could say we don't have another natural center defensive mid, but most other teams in England don't have a backup natural defensive mid either. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit of that, but I also think it's, um, it has a lot to do with the tank running dry and we just talked about praying Lampard and now next week it's going to be something else. And it just seems like it's, it's, it's snowballing into something a little bit bigger. So stay tuned, Chelsea fans. I think, uh, I think we're going to be in for a ride the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, whether or not results go our way, I think that's the point because I mean, we, we haven't talked about it, but like if, 
if results do go our way and if Frank does turn the ship, what's the tone of, of, of the Chelsea fan base then? You know, how much of For us sure. are still going to be Lampard I will, out? I will gladly how much, are, how much of us are still going to be, oh, you know, I told you so. It's probably going to be more like everybody being like, told you so. He was going to turn it around, man. That's I'm fine. the smartest. Take it, take it on the chin, dude. Like if yeah. Lampard comes out and he becomes this tactical genius, and we get back in the top four, and he doesn't get fired, we'll come on, I'll come on the pod and I'll give him his credit. Like he deserves, just but like any yeah, other. No one's gonna be upset about Chelsea winning. What the fuck? Yeah, just because yeah. they are wrong. Maybe, maybe Frank. Actually, Listen, Tom, Tom, we, we say a up. lot of we say a lot of things, but then there is football Twitter. <laughs> like that's the thing. <laughs> hey, but guess what? Bob or Bobby, we mentioned earlier, made a great point. All of the season, you know, during the 17 match streak, I mean, uh, unbeaten streak, Frank was saying we're not we're not a title winning team. Like we got to, yeah. ex- you know, temper our expectations, and just you know, he decided to play us into this terrible form just so he wouldn't be wrong. He wanted to prove himself right. <laughs> he put his job, he put his own job on the line just so he wouldn't be wrong. What the absolute madman! Wow, how commendable! <laughs> yeah. But I, anyways, I mean, that does bring us to the end of this week's show. We're sorry it was depressing, guys. Um, but hopefully the tide turns. Um, but if on you're not Twitter, let us, us know if your team Andres or team Zach. Yeah. Or please. team Som. <laughs> I want a team too. Come on. Who's team are you, Som? Are you, are you team Steve Holland or team Thomas Tuchel? Um, you, I think that's what it comes down to. Where are you team – what's his name? Lauren Blanc? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm Team Lauren Blanc. Oh, we'll do a poll on our Twitter. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that does bring us to the end of this week's show. So hopefully we'll have uh, better news for you next week. But just in case you aren't following us already, um, pull out your phone. Make sure that you uh, log on to Twitter and follow at Romans Empire Pod. Um, and then when you're done doing that, open up Instagram and follow the same exact um, – what, what do you call that? Like a tag or handle? Handle. Handle. There you go, like a handle. Yeah, at Roman's Empire Pod. Be sure to give us a follow. We do release an episode every week. Um, and until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.